I reviewed Section 3 of the 14th Amendment very carefully and determined that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment does not say conviction, it says engage. And the weight of evidence that I reviewed indicated uh, that it was in fact an insurrection and Mr. Trump engaged in that insurrection under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And there it is. Case closed. Let an unelected official deny possibly millions of people in Maine from voting for the leading candidate for the GOP. It's insane. It's the only way to describe it. It's it's absolute insanity. And there it is. Welcome to the Chris Plant Show. It is a Friday, Friday, Luya, Tuya, as I like to say. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris, wrapping up my four-day stint sitting in for Chris. Boy, we have to get to a lot of stuff this hour. The big story, leading story, of course, is uh, last night, Maine, and it's unelected Secretary of State said, uh, no, no, you will not be allowed on the ballot, sir. You are disqualified. Really frightening when you start thinking about seven states currently in uh, arguments to remove Donald Trump from the ballot. Seven and probably more on the way. And Tom Tillis has already introduced a bill to punish states that will keep Trump off the 2024 ballot. I don't know where that's going, but uh, I'm sure we're going to see tit-for-tat things, you know. Susan Collins of Maine, who has an R after her name, but often votes differently than many Republicans. Susan Collins has uh, stood up and said, uh, this is a bad idea. This is a really bad idea. She said in a statement to the media, quote, Maine voters should decide who wins the election not a secretary of state chosen by the legislature. Actually, I agree with Susan Collins on something. That's a, that's a rare occasion, but she's right. She's 100% right. Tom Tillis of North Carolina has drafted legislation to restrict federal funds to states who would restrict candidates' ballot access under the 14th Amendment. He plans on introducing his bill when Congress comes back to work, when the House is back in session. He said, uh, we, we have to do this. And then, of, of course, there is uh, Ibram X. Kendi, <laughs> who, who's furious about all of this. Uh, Ibram X. Kendi. One of those uh, famous racists who calls himself uh, anti-racist. He's the director of the Anti-Racism Center, which I'm sure is a nonprofit, which gets a lot of grifts sent his way. And, and Ibram X. Kendi has said, if the SCOTUS refuses to disqualify Donald Trump from running for POTUS after leading an insurrection on January... I'm sorry, it's hard to get through this out laughing. Leading an insurrection... On January 6, 2021, then it will be the latest indication that the Confederates lost the military battles but won the legal war. <laughs> working to divide us, working to tear the nation apart. It's amazing. 
After the news broke yesterday, it was between 6 and 7 o'clock. Of course, there were the uh, requisite responses from uh, me on all forms of media, including on Fox, where Jonathan Turley, who I think he's just on, on call right now for all of these legal actions against Trump. Jonathan Turley was talking about Maine's action. I think he was with Jason Chaffetz last night and uh, said this. You've got to keep in mind, this is the Secretary of State of Maine. This is not a court. And many of these challenges in states like Colorado were brought by Democratic or approved by Democratic secretaries of state. They then have to face judicial scrutiny. I am hoping that the court system in Maine has the same integrity as many other states and rejects this theory. Uh, it is really striking how Bellows cloaks herself as a defender of democracy in this statement when she's preventing voters from casting their vote for what is currently the leading candidate for the presidency. Absolutely. Well-reasoned, spot-on, and the 36-page decision by this unelected official is uh, it's just stunning because it just smacks of Trump derangement syndrome. Turley went on to finish his comments on this, and it sounds like he's hopeful that it can be overturned. So it's, it's a very odd claim to make, in my view. But the theory here, uh, in many of the, our view, many of us view it as being fundamentally flawed. You know, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, deals with insurrection or rebellion. Many of us do not believe it was either. In fact, polling shows that the public views it as a protest that became a riot. I think that is accurate. Uh, but there are a host of problems in applying this provision to Donald Trump. So the question now is, is, will this add to the urgency for the Supreme Court to rule? I hope it does. I hope that it can deal with this matter with finality and hopefully unanimity and to put this dangerous theory away for good. Finality and unanimity. Those are the two issues. So if, if the Supreme Court comes back and decides with finality meaning this is done, you can't do this anymore. All you other states that are thinking about it, stop. Stop wasting time and money, money you don't have. And unanimity, if it's 9-0, does that mean it goes away? Does that mean it's put to bed forever and ever and ever? Well, you know, there are some of you who've already weighed in on the program today saying uh, the Democrats are expected to then step up and say, we're going to charge him with insurrection. Well, if that hasn't happened yet, I, I don't think it can. So it's an interesting theory, but I think that's a distraction. We'll see. I, I hope the Supreme Court gets on this very quick. Very quick. The Trump team has put out a statement already. And uh, some in the media are calling it a a furious attack against Maine's top election official. No, it's it's a pretty well-reasoned attack. It's very Trumpian, you know, the language that the Trump uh, campaign will put out there will mock to the, to the highest level possible. 
And part of the statement reads, the main secretary of state is a former ACLU attorney and a virulent leftist and hyper-partisan Biden-supporting Democrat who's decided to interfere in the presidential election on behalf of crooked Joe Biden. That's from Trump's spokesperson, Stephen Chung. Now, what's wrong about that? What's, what's, uh, what's over the top? Well, the only word you could say is uh, uh, hyperbole, possibly, is crooked Joe Biden. Crooked. Although, based on everything we've seen from Joe Biden's emails and all the testimony of whistleblowers as regards the Biden crime family, it might be a pretty accurate statement. The uh, spokesperson for Trump went on to add, we are witnessing in real time the attempted theft of an election and the disenfranchisement of the American voter. I, I think that's accurate. He continued by saying Democrats in blue states are recklessly and unconstitutionally suspending the civil rights of American voters by attempting to summarily remove President Trump's name from the ballot. Make no mistake. These partisan election interference efforts are a hostile assault on American democracy. Remember, remember, we talked about it earlier. Democrats are always saying, oh, the Republicans are trying to they're trying to end our democracy. If Donald Trump's elected, it'll be the end of democracy forever in this country. Uh, One finger pointed at you. There's three fingers pointing right back at them. Biden and the Democrats simply do not trust the American voter in a free and fair election and are now relying on the force of government and government institutions to protect their grip on power. That's the uh, end of that statement from the Trump party. I agree. Absolutely agree. So we'll see where this goes. I'm sure the Supreme Court is probably waiting to get back and take this on. Put it on the rocket docket, as they say. Get it to the front of the line, next available argument. We'll see where that goes. It's going to be an interesting one. I don't see how this is allowed to go forward, and then the Democrats have to pivot. They're still still trying to allow Jack Smith to expedite his case, although he lost that big decision last week. And now he has to go back through the appeals court to try and expedite his attack on Donald Trump. And if that's successful, then that goes to the Supreme Court. So it's going to take a long time. It's right now threatening Jack Smith's agenda, his calendar. Because if Trump wins these appeals, it's likely to push the Jack Smith efforts past, well past May 5th, which infringes on the unwritten rule the DOJ has about not suing not suing a political candidates, not charging them six months out from an election, because that's kind of election interference, which is also kind of what this is. So just keeping an eye on that. While we're talking about that, you also have uh, James Comer, who is uh, back home in his district in Kentucky, addressing the hypocrisy of Democrats on this issue. The hypocrisy coming from Democrat leaders around the country with respect to election interference is breathtaking. I mean, all they 
tried to insinuate, if you go back to the president, the last presidential election, remember they tried to say that uh, uh, when President Trump appointed Louis DeJoy to be postmaster general, they were going to steal the election on election ballots and, and absentee ballots. Well, election night, they were pretty satisfied, the Democrats were, with the uh, percentage of, of votes that Joe Biden got with uh, mail-in ballots. So they just dropped that. Now they're going with this uh, insurrection narrative that's completely bogus. I mean, I was there January 6th. And January 6th was a rally that went bad. That's what it was. It wasn't an organized event. If it were, the Democrats would have proven that in their January 6th committee hearings. That's very accurate. And I also forgot about all of the craziness around the postmaster, Louis DeJoy. Remember all the people were freaking out saying, uh, Trump's got him collecting all the mailboxes so they won't be able to mail in ballots there. They're, and they had videos of, of mailboxes being picked up around the country. And it turns out that every mailbox is on a schedule to be repainted after a certain number of years. And that's exactly what was going on. <laughs> yeah, they light their hair on fire very easily and very quickly. One more from James Comer on the, this whole mess. Well, I'm not surprised. I, I fear we're going to see this happen in more states. Uh, but I'll tell you, it's good for every member of Congress, especially me, to be back home during Christmas listening to average Americans. And I'm here in Kentucky right now. And if you ask the average Kentuckian uh, about the Democrats uh, and, and what they're trying to do right now, especially with respect to the presidential race, they'll say two things. First of all, they think it's absurd what the Democrats are trying to do in blue states in banning President Trump from the ballot. I mean, this is clearly election interference. And then the second thing that the average person on the street will say about the Democrats in, in this presidential race is they've got a problem with their candidate, Joe Biden. Uh, poll after poll shows that the Americans believe his policies are bad and that even worse for Joe Biden, he's a crook. So uh, I, I think that the Democrats are trying to do everything they can in a last ditch effort to disrupt uh, the Republican momentum right now heading into the presidential election. I think this is another example of that. And uh, I hate to say it, Jason, but I, I fear we're going to see more blue states pull stunts like this. Nice prediction from uh, James Comer of Kentucky. Uh, we'll get into more on that. Uh, the uh, number, if you care to join us, 888-630-9625. Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. It is the Chris Palancho, Michael Pelka investigating what appears to be a controversy. That's how the Australians say controversy. Surrounding Barack Obama's list of favorite movies of 2023. We will get to that. There is time to get to that. But I also 
recognize that so many of you are weighing in today on the phones. And it's welcomed as we end the year. It's important we stay in touch with each other. Uh, Mark in Independence, Missouri is on the phone. Welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Mark, what's on your mind? Hey, thanks, Mike. Uh, As Chris calls her cringe, the press secretary says that the border has been out of control for decades. And, of course, that's a lie. Trump had it under control. And then she says Biden is doing all he can do to secure the border. But at the same time, they are going to sue Texas if they arrest any of the illegals. It it is such a sham and lie. Uh, You're right. It's all about the vote. Uh, They want to get these people here. They want to get them driver's licenses and voting illegally to try to turn the whole country blue. That's their ultimate goal. They don't care about the damage, the collateral damage of the 100,000 deaths a year from drug overdoses or the deaths that the illegals have brought about, the killings and things like that. It's all about that. They're singularly focused on power. They don't care about the country. They don't care about us. And I, I think you're right. You mentioned they want to get them here and working, but they also want to trap them on welfare, uh, just like they did to African-Americans in the 60s with the war on poverty. They, Rush Limbaugh used to always say that they, they need a permanent underclass, and, and, and this is what it's all about. And uh, I just wish the Republicans would uh, they're doing some things, but they should shout from the rooftops on the floor about this. Our, our country is being overrun. It's being destroyed right before our eyes. And um, Mark Levin says this should be the first article of impeachment, but uh, it, it's really a perilous situation. You're right, Mark. And not only has Mark Levin said it, uh, actually, Governor DeSantis said it, too. It's treasonous what's done and being done at our border. And mark my words, uh, prediction number two or three today, I forget which, the phrase uh, emergency amnesty, sweeping, and we're going to have a broad amnesty for anyone who came through, anybody, and that will grant them citizenship. If they don't get them all processed this year, they'll still get enough to increase their voting margin, especially in states that they've been trying to turn blue for a while. Watch Texas. Why do you think the push has been in Texas? And Governor Abbott, Abbott brilliantly started moving those people out. And so uh, that's going to be the push. It is not about necessarily, but they're already on welfare. And you're right. Uh, the creation of a permanent underclass will be through this initial wave of, of migrants, uh, invaders, as I like to call them. Uh, and, and that's a shame. And it is Cloward and Piven. If you haven't read the theory, people, look up Cloward and Piven. Mark, thank you, sir. Great stuff. One more quick call. Uh, Monty in Lynchburg, Virginia. Monty, have at it. Hey, uh, good morning. I, I'm just confused at the, why the Democrats, Democrat Party is so concerned about Donald Trump being on the ballot, ballot in 2024. According to them, he won by millions of votes in an election that was yeah. obviously uh, straightforward and upfront. Yeah. Well, maybe he didn't. Just throwing that out there. What are they afraid of? Opelka, in for plant. Let's talk about the Obama controversy next. It is the Chris Plant Show. Mike Opelka, my name in for Chris for another 26 minutes or so. You're welcome to join us at any time. If we have room, we always try to make room. 888-630-9625. I was teasing this story, and uh, it's one that eluded me, and thanks to Michael Piercy, uh, 
I now have a solid grasp of this. And I think it, it requires a little dive into what could be a, a difficult situation at the Obama home. And that is uh, the story about Barack Obama putting out his list of his, his favorite movies, favorite books of the year. Because, you know, we, we can't go out into society without knowing what the Obamas have approved and what they want us to be aware of. It's, it's really important. We have to be aware. We have to be students of the Obamas. So when Barack Obama puts out a notice, we have to stop and study it. And uh, he put this out, Barack Obama's favorite movies of 2023. And he says, I'm biased since these movies were produced by higher ground. But these are, in fact, three of the best films I saw this year. Now, Higher Ground is his production company. So uh, the movies are Rustin, Leave the World Behind, and American Symphony. I don't know anyone who's seen any of those. None of those three. But just in case you wondered if there were other movies that Barack had seen that he would wanted us to see because we need to make sure we know what he likes so we can pay homage to it and respect. My other favorite movies of 2023, The Holdovers. Blackberry, Oppenheimer, American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Monster, Past Lives, Air, Polite Society, and A Thousand and One. Now, of that list, Oppenheimer's the only one that's on my list and uh, the only one I've seen out of all of those. I don't know any of those other movies, and I'm sure they're, yeah, I'm not a guy who goes to the movies every week, I will tell you that. I'm a little entrenched in uh, other issues and golf, but uh, just amazing to me. And and then after he put that out, the next morning, that that post got an update that reads, update, I just saw the color purple and loved it. I'm adding it to this list as one of my favorite movies of the year. Now, the color purple, which uh, there was a whole bunch of attention on the color purple last week as it made that big debut. And uh, Oprah showed up in her new skinny body, helped by Ozempic or Wigovi or something that she's apparently, allegedly, reportedly injecting into her eyes. And she's also hiking with Gail. That's the other thing. But um, Oprah, Oprah produced the color purple. Oprah Winfrey produced the color purple. And you have to wonder, conventional wisdom would say, "Uh, gee, Barack puts out his list of favorite movies two weeks after the color purple comes out or a week after the big premiere. And uh, nothing's mentioned about it on Barack's list. You have to wonder, did... uh, did the red phone ring? Hmm. O- Obama's apparently getting teased. The rap, the rap.com says, quote, the color purple fans tease Obama for adding it to his year end movies late list or list late. Quote, someone just got a call from Oprah. You know that happened. 
Now, here's the thing that I wonder. Because Obama has to make that decision. You know, he's friends with Oprah. She's a billionaire. He loves billionaires. He's buddies with all kinds of billionaires, hangs out on their boats, probably allows them to uh, pull into whatever dock he has at his Hawaiian mansion or at his Martha's Vineyard property. And so the billionaires and their and their yachts, their super yachts, could probably pull right up to either the Obama oceanfront estates. He loves them some billionaires, and he hangs out with Oprah. You know they're pals. But Michelle Obama is apparently still tense with Oprah. There, there was uh, many, many rumors floated about Obama, Barack Obama being so close with Oprah, but Michelle not being happy about it. So you got to wonder, uh, does Barack Obama get the phone call from Oprah or a text message from Oprah going, dude, just read your movie list. Maybe you forgot something. Hashtag color purple. You know, and, and does Obama make the correction or does he have to explain to Michelle? Does he have to say, uh, uh, look, honey, I need to put this in. I need to make this happen. I, I'm wondering. It's just pretty funny to me. It's very suspicious. And uh, when you go back and you look at the list, it's kind of interesting because the the Today Show posted it all along with a list of where to watch it. Now, of course, the first three films that Obama lists, they're, they're only available to be seen on Netflix, which is the one paying the Obamas the millions of dollars for their production company. The others are streamers as well. But uh, Netflix in the top three. Coincidence? I think not. It's all there. And uh, where to watch The Color Purple? Of course, it's in movie theaters now. Now, one of the interesting things about The Color Purple, at least to me, is one of the stars of The Color Purple has recently made a lot of noise about uh, money in Hollywood. And if you remember the fantastic movie, Raising Arizona, maybe you do, maybe you don't. It's one of the great Coen Brothers films, and it's a terrific film. And in that film, when, uh, when the uh, character played by Nick Cage goes to work and gets his first paycheck, you know, he was a criminal who's trying to reform his life, gets his first paycheck, and he sees all the deductions because of taxes, Social Security, et cetera, et cetera. The uh, person behind the window at the pay window says, government, do take a bite. That's always the lesson you learn when you get your first big job. Always the lesson you learn. And uh, Taraji P. Henson, who is a a young lady, a young African-American woman who's making uh, big waves in Hollywood, doing pretty well. I remember watching her as Miss Hannigan on the NBC version of Annie. She she had a role on that live musical on NBC. It was pretty good. You know, she did a great job, credible job. And uh, so she's got a, a lot of roles and she's making a lot of money. But she also has problems with, um, with understanding money. And I, I think this is a little bit of a reality check for her. I hear people go, you work a lot. Yeah. Well, have to. The math ain't mathing. And when you start working a lot... You know, you have a team. Big bills come with what we do. Yes. We don't do this alone. The mm-hmm. fact that we're up here is a whole entire team behind yes, us. Yes. 
They- now, she's on a panel, and I think, based on what I'm hearing, I believe this is Gail King leading this panel. So this ties back to Oprah on a couple levels. Uh, Gail King and Oprah, BFFs, hiking, Oprah losing weight, object- uh, uh, injecting Ozempic into her eyes, and uh, this young lady's in the color purple, which produced by Oprah, now suddenly added to Barack Obama's list. It's all connected together. But I like the fact that she's realizing as a performer, she has a team behind her. But she also said at the very beginning, the math ain't mathing, which I didn't realize that mathing. Now we have a verb for math, mathing. It's mathing. Uh, but she's understanding that uh, as many in Hollywood have missed that when movies are made, it takes a lot of people. It's a big team. But as an individual, she has a team. And that costs money. And she's just kind of waking up to that. They have to get paid. So when you hear someone saying, oh, such and such made $10 million. No, that's not that. That didn't make it to their account. Mm. Know that off the top, Uncle Sam is getting 50%. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So do the math. Now we have 5 million. Your team is getting 30% or whatever your team is getting, off of what you grossed. Sometimes not more. after what Uncle Sam took. Now do the math. Yeah, 2 million. So after net receipts of $10 million, you're sitting there with $2 million. If you're running a business, I'm just saying, just throwing this out there. If you're running a business, young lady, and and uh, you, you bring in a 20% profit to you, the business owner, that's pretty good. I know a lot of business owners who would take a 20% profit margin. They'd be thrilled with it. But she's just, you know, I got to give her credit. She's at least aware of what's going on. And maybe, just maybe, these kind of experiences will lead her to understand something about taxes and, and what Democrats are doing to put more, more weight on your back with the taxes, especially with the, the invasion at the border. And, and there's more from uh, Taraji P. Henson on uh, money. I just I'm I'm a, I'm only human and and it seems every time I do something and I break another glass ceiling when it's time to renegotiate I'm at the bottom again mm-hmm. like I never mm-hmm. did what I just did and I'm just tired, tired. Yeah. I'm tired mm-hmm. I'm tired mm-hmm. I get that I get that. it wears on you you know yes it does it wears on you that you just had a ten million dollar contract for your company services. And you cleared two million when all was said and done, and that wears on you. And then it's not the standard that you don't get the opportunity then to say my price tag is ten million, no matter what the project. No, it's business, lady. Every project is different. Not everything is an Oprah Winfrey inspired or a funded movie like The Color Purple. I love the awakening, though. It's really nice to see the awakening. It doesn't always happen. Sometimes people are like Ibrahim X. Kendi and out there just blaming everything on race. It's not always about race, people. Sometimes it's just business. I think that's a loan from the Godfather, I, a line from the Godfather. Uh, let's take a, an, another quick call here as we're getting close to the finish line here. Mark is in uh, Hampstead, Maryland. Mark, welcome to the Chris Plant Show. What's on your mind as we're getting close to the year's end? Hey, Chris. Happy New Year's. And uh, uh, get, going back to something you were talking about a few minutes ago with Nikki Haley, 
Um, you know, she she seems to be a perfect example of what's wrong with a lot of Republicans. Um, you know, asked about that civil war question. Uh, you know, I get the, the, why she answered the way she did, because in a strict sense, it was about states' rights. But really what Republicans should say when asked a question like that is they really ought to use that as an opportunity to point out the actual truth instead of the lies we've been told from our progressive uh, education system. Her answer should have been, yes, the Democrats started the Civil War because they didn't want to give up slavery, and the Republicans wanted to abolish it, along with bigamy, which she could have thrown in the bigamy thing or not, but a lot of people kind of forget that we were trying to abolish bigamy also. Um, But, you know, that leads to a deeper problem when it comes to Republicans, and that is that we don't know our own history. Um, You know, on October 7th, I think a lot of Jewish Americans went to bed that night wondering why the very political party that they've been supporting most of their lives, all of a sudden half the people in that party seem like they want to kill them, and they're scratching their heads wondering why. The reason, one of the big reasons why is because We've been told that fascism and Nazism are right wing, and it's nonsense. If you actually look at Hitler's 25-point plan, it reads like a a wish list for Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Um, Hitler was a socialist. And when we're asked questions like this, we need to sort of be a little more strategic in our answers. Um, there, it, it was no surprise to me that there were a bunch of college students that are that are chanting "Let's gas the Jews," uh, because Marxism and fascism are literally, you know, I think Ayn Rand said Marxism and fascism are just two rival gangs fighting over the same territory. That's true. And that's right. And, and, and it's and it's really true. And as Republicans, we need to know this stuff because you have to understand. There is one reason and one reason only that the American public bought the lie that Trump was like Hitler or that he was like a fascist. Young Americans would not have believed that for a second unless they had been inundated all their lives with the idea that Republicans are the bad guys in American history. Yeah, Mark, Mark, uh, I'm up against the clock here, but I I think it's important for us to note, uh, first of all, absolutely right. Uh, We don't teach history in this country anymore. And a new survey this week, a brand new survey this week, shows that uh, 30% of uh, young people, 30% of young people, they don't have a problem with Osama bin Laden. And they look at the the attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon as uh, justified. And they, they think positively, as I said, of bin Laden. It's crazy. The indoctrination has put these kids at a, an extreme truth disadvantage going forward. We need to reclaim the education system as well. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant. Let's wrap up the year next on The Chris Plant Show. It is the Chris Plant Show, and we are literally minutes away from wrapping up the 2023 year on the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka, my name. Thanks for hanging out with us. Michael Piercy is crushing it, getting me through this week, and I appreciate him so much. Updates on a couple of stories. It looks like, it looks like um, 
the Democrat in Maine who came out and said this was a really bad idea, John Andrews, has filed a request for a joint order to impeach the Secretary of State for her efforts to remove Donald John Trump from the ballot there. A Democrat, just pointing that out there. Kind of important. And kind of makes me feel better. You know, because we, we've had a weird year. It's a weird year, especially the way the media has handled so many things. And the, the media malpractice is just ongoing. Our friends at Grabian, Tom Elliott and the, the good people at Grabian, put together a, a fantastic list of the 10 most mortifying media moments of 2023. And I think if you really wanted to, you could make it about 150. But the number one, the number one list of most mortifying media moments of 2023 is the media explaining to all of us what will happen, the horror that will be foisted upon America if Donald Trump is reelected. What would a second Donald Trump term look like? You can't imagine the things that he's going to do. And shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the First Lady. We're going to see violence, the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th. Make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer. Using martial law against the American people. Create mass internment camps. Throw everyone into Gitmo. Assassinate generals. Ordering troops uh, to um, attack American citizens. Trump's very well-armed and extremist base will try to kill people. He's going to basically burn the house down. The absolute destruction of the Justice Department as we know it. A vote for Donald Trump uh, may mean the last election that you ever get to vote in. It's perfect that uh, Liz Cheney is the last voice you hear in that montage showing, displaying just how awful how crazy Trump derangement syndrome has gotten. It is beyond the pale. And it's still months and months and months, 312 days away from the actual election. It's only going to get worse for these people, especially after Super Tuesday. We might have to rename Super Tuesday Stupid Tuesday because I guarantee you, those folks are going to be out of their flipping minds. Be safe on New Year's Eve. Really, be safe, because we need you back here next year. We have a lot to do. Chris should be back next week. Till next time, thank you again, Michael Piercy, and everybody who participated. I remind you, testudo, my friends, uh, testudo. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.